Welcome to today's episode of Fire in the Belly. This is where we get to hear some pretty inspiring stories from some amazing people. You know, it's always an absolute pleasure to sit down, take time out and have a warts and all conversation about their journey. I'm always intrigued by what it's taken for people to get to where they are today. And hopefully in this interview, we get to hear some more about that. From this, my mission is to help people to find their own fire in their belly. And from that, to live the mightiest version of you. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Hello and welcome to Fire in the Belly. Today we have myself, Mighty Pete, and we are joined by the Babs Fassian. Good afternoon. Hopefully I was pronounced your name correctly, Babs. Hi, Pete. That's great. Great to have you on the show. Thank you very much for coming on. Nice to meet. Nice to, nice to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. So listen, just to give everyone a bit of a background. So Babs Fassian is the Chief Strategy Officer at RIOTT Consulting, an expert at leveraging the power of brands to secure the competitive edge. Babs has worked on several projects for leading brands, including Samsung, Coca-Cola, Toyota, Procter & Gamble, and Nestle, amongst others. Through his professional experience and strategy consultant and ex- uh, extensive involvement in the community as a life coach, he has seen the tremendous value of personal development perspectives. He has more on his website at crackingthelifecode.com. So welcome to the show, Babs. Listen, it's great to have you on. So apart from that, tell us, who are you? Well, thank you so much for having me. And um, thank you for the great work you're doing with the podcast. It's Fantastic. I am Babs Fasherson. I currently lead Roads Consulting, the strategy practice. It's a strategy and innovation consulting practice. I also am the founder of Kraken the Life Code, a platform that helps uh, every individual that's seeking to become 1% better each day. I am also the author of the new book, Kraken the Life Code. I basically help young, upwardly mobile individuals who are seeking growth in key areas of their lives to just um, articulate what those goals are and create milestones to achieve them. And then I challenge them to take massive action towards their goals. So is it all about goals? Are goals the way forward for you, do you think? Well, I mean, depending on where an individual is in in, in their journey, Sometimes what we need is a clear goal um, and a clear strategic direction and how to get to whatever destination we want to get to. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's always so powerful, actually. You know, the goal setting is being a, an absolutely key part to forward momentum, right? You know, all the best leaders had goals and all, you know, sort of that is a, a road well trodden for many people. So tell me, first of all, what, what does fire in the belly mean to you, Babs? I mean, I believe very strongly that fire in the, be- in the belly could in some way, shape or form represent the passion that keeps you going. It could mean the energy that you that, that helps you maintain the momentum towards moving your life in whatever direction you want to move it. In my opinion, it would be moving it forward or upward. Mm. And have you found, I mean, do you have fire in your belly? I mean, is that, is that something that's part of your life? Have you always had it? Well, I, I have, at a very young age, I, I found this fire. And what I have done is over the past 20 years, I have protected this fire with the best um, energy within me to ensure it continues to burn within my belly. And um, I mean, I suppose really over those last 20 years, I mean, is it just a case that it's been growing and evolving? That's really part of who you are and what you do is, I mean, was there any particular reason that sort of you, you found that actually a, a passion or a fire came to you to begin with? Yes, absolutely. Uh, when I was very young, young, young boy, I ran into the room one day. I saw my mother crying and I asked her why she was crying. She said to me, it was because her mother had given her a bad news and she was not in a position to help her mother. And so she was sad that she had her loved one, which in this case was her mother, but she was not able to help her mother. That broke my spirit and that hurt me so bad. I decided that day that I would, as I continue to grow, I would ensure that I find myself in a place in life where at every juncture where a family member or a loved one 
needs my help, I am in a position to help them. And so that was the first defining moment for me. And it was that point I decided I probably want to dig in further into what could make me uh, become that type of person that's able to provide help and assistance to everyone around me. Hmm. It's always passion, isn't it? I mean, it's it's funny how we get driven by helping others. I mean, do do, do, do we help ourselves as, as much as we help others, do you think? Uh, well, there are two ways to <laughs> the two ways to approach that question if you if you if you will. So there is the part of us that becomes better and stronger as we help others. Um, and service is fundamentally one of the pillars of growth. So I feel very strongly that everyone who seeks growth might want to consider some form of service. So as we continue to serve others, we strengthen our core, we strengthen our values, we strengthen our character, because our moral character is built as we continue to serve others. So I feel very strongly that when we serve others and when we help others, we're in some way, shape or form helping ourselves. I have found myself in several situations where I had no way to move forward. But the only thing I decided to do in those moments were to consider people who have needs that I could meet. And I decided to meet their services or to, to meet their needs. So there was a time in my life when I was really down and out and I needed help. I needed a mentor to guide me, but this mentor was totally unaccessible. I couldn't access him very far away as with most mentors that you, that you know, some of these people that we consider mentors and we look up to are so far away, we might not be able to get access to them. But what I decided to do to gain this man's attention was to find a way to offer him help and make his life easier and his business grow. So when I provided a few services to him free, I caught his attention. He called me up by himself and asked for a meeting. This was after six months of doing this voluntarily without him knowing who was helping him behind the scenes to push his business. So it was the way I gained attention to this mentor that I looked, for, looked up to and I wanted to get access to. So I agree very strongly that sometimes in helping others, we really could be helping ourselves. Mm. And are they like core values for you, soul values? I mean, that, that sort of to be of service, is that part of the, the you know, cracking the life code for you? Well, essentially, it is the core of my being, really. So when we talk about finding purpose and um, living purpose, my purpose is centered around inspiring others to greatness. It's centered around pushing others, challenging others, and creating a path that helps other people get to their destination. So I, I discovered this purpose pretty early in life and I have continued to live within the confines on, and, and, and the perimeters of my purpose. So it's not only a value, yes, it is one of my core values, but then it's also my purpose. So just, I mean, introduce your book to us purposely. You're really cracking the life code and, you know, what was it all about? Where did the inspiration come from? Well, cracking the life code uh, is keys to master your mindsets, habits, and behaviors for personal success. So what had happened was after 20 years of personal development and personal growth, I came to a point where I figured the best way, I know I do a lot of public speaking, I get invited to speak at conferences here and there. That's great, but I can only reach one person, a couple of people, maybe hundreds, hundreds of people at a time. But then I wanted an opportunity to get my message to as many people as possible, because I figured if if someone picked this manual and understood what the key mindset and the habits and behaviors are, they might be able to change the trajectory of their lives. And they could even alter the course of their lives just by altering their mindset. So I figured putting all my all the lessons I have you know, learned over the years into this manual called Crack and the Life Code, I figured this would be the best gift I could give to my generation and more importantly, the generation yet unborn. It's always interesting, isn't it? You know, sort of putting, as you say, putting it in. I mean, that's a form of legacy. It's, 
it can have a ripple effect that you could be helping people across the world whether you while you sleep it's it's an asset right but it's a legacy asset that actually it's it's a gift that keeps giving it's it's quite the privilege right it is i and i'm very grateful for the opportunity to to put it together and put it in the world essentially cracking life could really just um teaches the reader to understand first what are limiting beliefs uh, limiting mindsets what behaviors are hindering success and what habits actually deter us from moving forward first when we identify those then there is an entire workbook area that guides the reader on how to reflect on some of these uh, which may have been a product of you know childhood experiences might just have been the fact that we were born into a family where they all saw life from a certain lens and um but then the world has shifted over the years but the lens through which they saw life may be impacting us today might be impacting the individual today so it's important that we to spend some time to reflect on our lives and ask ourselves, where am I today and where do I want to go? And then what behaviors limit me from getting to my destination and what habits prevent me from getting to my destination? And then we can begin the process of replacing those negative codes with positive, empowering ones that can help us get to our destination. Just break that down. You talk about a code. What What's your definition of a code here? Well, I wanted to use uh, an analogy that is very relevant today because we live in a computerized world. Um, the code in this instance is really just those simple stimuli, um, which in essence might just be experiences. They might just be um, mindsets. They might just be beliefs. And there could be habits and behaviors, but ultimately those codes are first in the mind. So the things that we carry in our minds that are either subliminal and impact, they have direct impact on how we behave and what our, what our habits are. Those are the codes that I'm looking to crack and to change for good. It's, you know, it's, I suppose for anyone that's maybe not used to it, I mean, you know, these are habits and patterns. And as you say, these are behaviors that you've had potentially a full lifetime, right? You know, or do you think there is a certain age that we start to pick up these things from? Well, so in this book, I, I, I created, or I talked about life being in three phases and um, it's M, A, and N, which is an acronym for man, but then it's morning, M being morning, a being afternoon and N being night. So these are the three phases of life. So the morning time of life is a time when a child is, arrives the planet Earth, a blank slate ready to be written upon by life. And this child is probably born into a family and has no experiences, no prior behaviors, no prior mindset. But then as the child begins to pick up you know, signals from the adults in the child's life, that's when we begin to program the child with the mindsets and the beliefs by which the child might live the rest of his life. So that's the morning light, morning time of life when all we are doing is absorbing. We're absorbing information. We're coding. Our, our brain is being coded and programmed by the experiences around us, the adults around us, the way they speak to us, what is being said to us, the things that we believe, our teachers, our religious leaders, and some of, I mean, everybody that surrounds the child's life in that, in that time of life is pouring into that child. Now, there is the afternoon time of life, which is when everything we have absorbed now becomes behaviors, begins to inform our habits, begins to inform our behavior. For instance, if you are raised in a family where it is assumed that women don't work, by the time you come to the afternoon time of life, you believe that women don't work. And so you probably want to do something around the home instead, because that's the belief with around which you were you were raised so afternoon time is when we actively participate or we begin to activate some of the codes that we were being programmed with in the morning time of life it's the time where we are strongest it's the time where we're sharpest and so it's the time that would define what our night time of life would be 
So everything we do in the afternoon time of life is really just activating what we have collected and consumed and been programmed with in the morning time of life. And ultimately, at the night time of life, that night phase is really supposed to be for resting. But we do find that a lot of people are still working in the night time of their life because they probably did not you know, start early in life. So they probably didn't get it right. They, they probably caught some behaviors and some mindset that limited them when they were in the afternoon time of life. And so as night began to approach, maybe that's when it hit them that, oh, wow, I wasted so much time and now I, I need to, to start working to catch up. So that's why you would find some people still working really hard in the nighttime of life. But ideally, that's the time to rest. That's the time to relax and enjoy everything else you've done during the afternoon time of life. What, what phase are you out there in, Bob's? Frankly speaking, I like to say I'm in my afternoon time of life. This is the time where I have all my energy, I have all my passion, and I'm putting in all the work, and I'm doing the best that I can to fulfill my purpose, because I know there'll come a time where these muscles are not where <laughs> they're not as strong as they are anymore. I just want to be able to rest and know that I gave the world the best of me. It's interesting, isn't it, to, you know, to know through these phases? And uh, I mean, I've noticed sort of talking to different people that, it's quite often there that people can go through cycles even as well. You know, it's like typically it can be seven-year cycles, 10-year cycles, et cetera. I mean, do you, do you tend to find that happens, you know, with people you're working with as well or yourself? Do you, do, do you tend to go through cycles? Yeah, absolutely. I do see, I come across a lot of clients who, who go through different types of circles in, in their lives. There are times where they're up and there are times when they're down. And that's, that's really what makes the world go round literally in the form of a in the form of a circle and yeah i have people who have been able to break certain behaviors and then find themselves returning to the same behaviors and i found people who have made progress but then are uh, are back so this is a circle that continues to to go around but i guess ultimately what we want to be able to do is to stay on the path as long and that's how i usually like to and with my clients, as long as you're on the path to that destination, which for you might be purpose, might be success, whatever it is, we do know that success or however you wanna define it is a destination, it's not a destination, it's a journey. And so as long as you're on the right path, the path that leads towards that journey, I think I'm pretty, I think we're pretty doing, we're doing well because it's inevitable that there would be obstacles, there would be, stumbling blocks there are times when we might run faster and times when we might run slower and times when we might not run at all and just be stagnant but as long as we're on that path we can pick up the fire again and continue moving uh have you got to the stage where you're clear in your purpose your your meaning for your life i mean are you at that stage or are we are we a bit ahead of ourselves here i feel very strongly that i'm living my purpose um and I, it, it informs everything I do today. It informs my choice of career. It informs my choice of friendships. It, in, it, it informs pretty much even the types of books that I write because I'm, I'm pretty much just focused on one thing and that's living within my purpose. And that's why when opportunities come my way today, I evaluate these opportunities based on my purpose. I ask myself, simple question, does this align with my purpose? If yes, I'm jumping on it. If it doesn't, no. I've been invited to a couple of podcasts. I've been asked to feature on some podcasts, but when I review the podcast, I they're not bad podcasts, they're great podcasts. But the question I would ask myself is how does this align with my purpose? Because there's only one thing I want to put all my energy and my fire in right now, my passion is everything that, that aligns with my purpose. Uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting you do that to be quite specific, or I suppose, you know, and, and knowing what's for you and what's not for you. I mean, but when you're trying to understand that or gauge that, I mean, do you, are you led by your senses? Do you have a particular method in which you, you know, sort of analytically maybe look at it and saying this, this is going to serve me, or do you just get a gut feeling? I mean, where, where do you lead from? I mean, it's a combination of every everything you mentioned. Uh, but the first thing is I have my purpose 
written boldly right in front of me every time. And so I'm not confused. It's written and I see it every time. And I ask myself, how will speaking on this platform add some value to my purpose? How will this, is this in any way helping people move one step forward, which is my purpose? If, it's, if it does that in any way, shape or form, then I'm fine with it. So it's just that simple. I have my vision written down. I have this invitation or this opportunity, and I just check both of them and see, is there a correlation or any point of alignment between both? If there is, then I'll jump on it. How, how important is it to sort of keep, keep that on track? So to understand, I mean, if you set goals for yourself and then, I mean, do you periodically or regularly take a, a view of saying, yes, I'm on track. Yes, I'm doing things that serve me or actually no, I've got a bit lost here or actually maybe I need to change my plan, right? How, I mean, do you periodically check or change or go through an evaluation process? Yes, I have an entire evaluation process called realistic self-assessment. So this, this helps me. I do, I do this personally annually, um, usually around my birthday, because that's about the time I just take, you know, take, stock of the entire year and and see how how I have done in the key areas of my life and the goals that I set in those key areas of my life. And um, through some of those uh, questions that I would ask are in my book, Crack and the Life Code, that helps me determine where I am in those areas of my life and the goals that I have set for myself. I have three key questions that I always want to be able to answer. First is the question of satisfaction. How satisfied am I with my journey so far in this area of my life? On a scale of zero to 10, how satisfied am I? And then the next question is about contribution. How much contribution have I been able to make in this area of my life on a scale of zero to 10, if I'm able to determine what contribution I'm making. Then the last question is, what are the potentials for growth in this area of my life? Now, those three things with satisfaction, measuring my current state um, and contribution, measuring my input and potential for growth determining what the future looks like. With those three, I'm able to determine if I'm on track with my goals or if I'm not. And if I need to change, I would determine that from those three questions. Well, where do you find that people will come off track? You know, I'm not saying let themselves down, but that they just fall out of the path. I mean, is there, is there a typical place that people tend to um, maybe just get a little bit lost? I mean, I guess it comes to the point, place of action, taking action. Um, that's where very often people fall off because let's face it, the realities of life is <laughs> that there's so many demands on our life, on our time, that we are probably not able to keep up with everything that we need to do in terms of fulfilling our goals. So we could start off the year very, very well, like when I go to my gym, first week of the year, the gym is packed. Everybody's in the gym because they're they have this you know weight loss or health you know goal for the year. But then, like my friend and I would say, by the time it's the first week of February, the gym is almost as good as empty because it comes down to action. That's when most often people fall off where you set a goal, you set key milestones that you need to achieve, but then taking massive action towards that goal becomes the problem. So I usually encourage people um, to ensure that if you have an, an important goal that you set daily, daily actions, daily behavior, or daily habits that can help you attain that goal. So what do I need to do today that would get me one step closer to my goal? That's the question we want to ask every day. You, you talked, you know, really about sort of almost the 1% shift. I mean, what's that about? Explain that to us. Well, I feel very strongly that when we look at a big goal and we look at the destination, it can be overwhelming. And that's, let's give a practical example. 
a person at 300 pounds who wants to lose 100 pounds, that's a massive goal. It's very big and it can be overwhelming if you think of the goal in its entirety. So what I have focused on is, and this is what I've taught most of my clients to do, is to break that big vision and break that big goal into milestones. So say quarterly milestone, yearly milestone, monthly milestone, if you want. But then it's not about the monthly milestone or the quarterly milestone, but what you want to do is focus on today. Every day is an opportunity to do something that gets you closer to a goal that you should attain in 10 years. Doesn't matter how massive that goal is, you wake up every day, what you wanna do is not look at that big picture or that look at that big vision because it would cripple you and it would overwhelm you and you would probably, you know, just, you would, you would lose track. But what you wanna do is focus on that 1%. That one thing that you need to do today, and that's why I often say that I'm building a community community of people who are committed to getting 1% better each day. It's not about the end. It's not about the, the goal. It's not about that big vision. It's really about today. And what is that small action, which might just be changing a little behavior or adding a new positive habit today that would get me to my destination ultimately and for you i mean all all, you know those daily habits and all those daily actions uh, you know is is it a case that you always just you you monitor them you keep up and you, you you take a chance to reflect on your progress as well as taking your actions and then you know they naturally will take you towards your milestones if you're doing taking the right actions, right? Right. Absolutely. So the thing is, uh, before I go to bed every day, I ask myself the same question. So when I wake up, I ask this question, what is the one thing I need to do today that would get me closer to my goal? And then when I'm about to go to bed, I ask myself, what is the one thing I did today that got me closer to my goal. Sometimes I go through the entire day without doing anything. And it's when I'm about to go to bed and I'm asking that question about what did I do today? That's the point when I decide to do something. And for me, it could just be reading something that is inspiring. It could be listening to Fire in the Belly, an episode of Fire in the Belly. What is the one thing that I did today that gets me closer to my destination. It's always important to keep account or to be accountable for these actions. That's how we stay on track. And I I encourage as many clients as possible to enlist the help of their partners, their friends in this journey. Because when you have someone to hold you accountable or a coach, a life coach to hold you accountable, it's, it's, it's always very helpful. Life coaches, that's something you've had. Do you have life coaches? I mean, um, what, what is the purpose of a life coach? Well, think about, uh, this is how I think about a uh, life coach. The game of basketball, for instance, there are individual players who by themselves are great. However, doesn't matter how great they are. They need a coach. So what a coach does is the coach helps to harness that skill that is within them. So sometimes the coach is not, doesn't even play basketball as well as the basketballer himself. But what the coach is able to do is to harness the skill within the basketballer and help him win the next match. So what a life coach does is to harness the beautiful skills and the talents and you know the habits and the behavior within an individual to help that individual win in the game of life because life is like a game for you i mean or you know your own skill sets and as you say harnessing those is that uh, are you able to reflect yourself or do you find it it, it's easier to have somebody else to help you reflect when i started out I needed someone to help me. It's the same way with 
working out. When I started working out, I needed a trainer. I needed to understand the ins and outs. I needed to understand the principles. I needed to understand, you know, some of the techniques. So having used a coach for many years, I have come to a point where I have built the, you know, the techniques. I have acquired the skills and now I'm able to hold myself accountable and I'm able to design the same thing to help others. It's always beautiful, isn't it? That, that sort of, you know, until you find your momentum, until you find, you know, what you're really good at. And tell me, I mean, you know, where do we find, you know, Bob's in his flow process? Where do we find you at your absolute optimum? What's, what's, your, what's your style? What's your place? Frankly, I feel very strongly that when I am in my community, with my community, I am at my at my best because this is a community of people who share the same goals, who share the same vision, who want to be uh, better versions of themselves so they could help the world become a better place. So I am usually optimal when I am at doing that. And then when I'm doing public speaking, coaching, training, and all of these other seminars that I offer through the Crack in the Life Code platform, that's really where I, I, I think I, I am my best. Is pressure for diamonds or is it just bad planning? <laughs> um. Frankly speaking, pressure is really for diamonds. Uh, um, life's challenges, I feel very strongly, are uh, they come together to bring the best out of us, depending on how we perceive them. So at the end of the day, it's all about perspectives. And so pain can lead us towards um, our destination, towards our purpose, but then it can also lead us away or astray all depends on our perspective. So I feel that as pressure come upon diamond, there would probably be no diamonds without pressure. Um, and we are all walking, living diamonds. We probably just haven't subjected ourselves to the amount of pressure that we need to see the real diamond shine through us. I mean, what's something you would say that you're, really good at and what's something you'd say that you're really terrible at good question i am i think that i to the best of my ability i'm very good at creating routines and sticking to those routines so if I have to do something, I can create a routine. For instance, in 2020, I decided I wanted to write three hours a day for the rest of the year. And I wrote three hours a day for the rest of the year. Um, in 2005 to 2015, 10 years, I said I wanted to read 52 books a year. And I wrote and I read 520 books in 10 years. So I think one of my biggest superpowers is that strong willpower, the ability to, to create routines and to stick to those routines. But the one thing that I'm not exactly great at is, <sighs> frankly speaking, it's, it's the ability to, when, when it comes down to, say, and, and it's, the, it's almost the opposite of, the, the thing that I'm good at, which is the ability to break and be flexible. Sometimes with a routine, it can be very difficult for me. So I have morning routines. And sometimes when something wants to, you know, shift that routine and make me flexible a little bit, I struggle with that. And I, it's something that I'm working with because I'm, I'm working on because I understand that Life is a balance of both words, but routine and some level of flexibility. So that flexibility part is the part that I'm still working on. I appreciate your honesty on that, because like I say, for, for many people there, it's, it's, you know, sometimes your weakness can be your strength. If you, you got to recognize it though, too, right? You got to, you know, if only we were all amazing at everything, then great. But it, it's, it's recognizing your strengths as much as your, your, your weaknesses, I suppose. Right. You know, you used an interesting word that you talked willpower. I mean, what, what's, what is willpower and is it, you know, 
I suppose the underlying question there also is, you know, are entrepreneurs, are business people, are successful people, are they are they born or are they are they made? What's your what's your view on that? I don't think anybody was born successful. I believe everybody came arrived this planet a blank slate and began the journey, which is the same journey we've been talking about throughout this course. And different experiences defined their lives. Different choices defined their lives. I feel very strongly that the difference between a successful person and a person that's not so successful is just a mindset. So if you look at very wealthy and successful entrepreneurs from the likes of Bill Gates to Jeff Bezos to Mark Zuckerberg, just name them. So all the way back to John D. Rockefeller, these are people who some of them had great education. Um, my One of my favorite entrepreneurs uh, uh, of, of Richard Branson, some of them have great education. Some of them dropped out of college. Some of them dropped out of school. Some of them did not get any education whatsoever. So that tells me that education doesn't quite determine success in that way. And so many other things. Some of them are from wealthy backgrounds. Some of them came from rock bottom and um, didn't have anything. So again, family background or wealth doesn't quite determine who would be successful. So ultimately, I think success first starts in the mind. So Successful people are built and not they're not born. Um, and, and once and anybody can attain success, it just depends on first the definition of the success and then the mindset needed to achieve the success. That's why I, I'm very particular about three things, mindset, habits, and behaviors. All these three can come together to determine if an individual would be successful or not. And, and for you, when we go back to goals, and I suppose whether it's mindset, what's more powerful, a sort of a toward goal or away from goal for you? So say it again, excuse me. It's a way I'm um, either a pleasure-based goal or a pain-based goal, you know, sort of a toward something, um, uh, you know, um, a large goal, large vision, large mission, or away from a pain, a past, a you know, because some people would say their voids are their values. So a, a harsh or a poor maybe upbringing leaves them to basically want to be very wealthy in their lives, right? To try and almost counteract what they've had in their lives. So I'm just, I'm curious to know our, well, which do you think is more powerful and which are you? Would you be pain-led or pleasure-led? Fr- frankly, I think, and I think it depends on the individual, and I don't think one's greater than the other. Uh, there are different perspectives of the same coin, if you will, different sides of the same coin, and the individual's life might determine uh, what direction to to go. I'm the type who is essentially just led by a greater goal. Um, I, I want to work towards something. I have a goal that I'm working towards and I'm working hard to ensure that that goal is achieved. Now, you might also say that I have been through certain rough parts or patches in life and I am convinced that I do not want to experience those anymore. And so I'm walking away from that background. And I think, I don't think maybe for some people, it's a, it's a blend of both worlds and not just um, one or the other. Uh, so yes, I feel very strongly that I'm working towards a goal, which is really to build a community of people who are committed to becoming 1% better versions of themselves each day until they attain that great heights that they, deserve, they desire for themselves. But then do I want to walk away from the background, my background? Absolutely. I want, that's probably one of the reasons I migrated from Africa to the United States so I could, you know, secure a better, a better life for my family than the one I was wasting. When, when you're actually setting goals, I mean, some people may not know what their goals are, right? They may not know what they want in life or, you know, they're, they're not sure. I mean, they sort of unintentionally inherit goals from the people around them. You know, it's like my next door neighbor wants this. That sounds good. Let's have that as well. You know? So when we are setting goals, how do you, um, you know, how do you go about it? How do you know where to sort of find your goals or to, to, to listen to your goals, if you like? 
And, you know, how do you make sure that it's something that's personal and connected to you? That's a very beautiful question. I think, firstly, we want to ask certain questions that dig. My short answer to that would really be just go to the workbook section of this book because I answered that uh, in a very simple but comprehensive way in the in my book. But I think we want to start by reflecting first about who we are and understanding the core, our very core essence. We can't get anywhere until we know who we are and where we are. So the first point of call is to determine in this in this journey of life, where am I in career? Where am I in spirituality, health and wellness, business, where am I? And first, who am I? When we understand who we are and we take account of all our experiences from childhood and look at all our various experiences and all of the things that life has thrown at us and begin to find patterns and create categories we would realize that either our responses to life's experiences have been similar or the types of experiences we have have been similar. So when we create those categories and we put those boxes together, we can then begin to find themes. Now, those themes begin to guide us in the direction of either where to go or where to stay away from, which is which is what you your question from the the last question. Uh, so when we have these categories of experiences and our responses to the various experiences since childhood, and now all the way to today, we can now group them into categories. In those categories, we can begin to see who we are, and up until today where we are today. With those in mind, we can now ask ourselves, do I want to continue on this path or do I need to change this path? What is most important to me? What is the the simple, single, most important thing to me as an individual? Is it core values? Is it character? Is it wealth and wellness? Is it money? What is it what is and when we identify what we consider to be most important to us now the question is how well have we acquired those if we have done well in acquiring those excellent maybe we want, we want to continue to reinforce those if we have not started at all then we would ask the question of how do i get into this and that's when goal setting becomes crucial. But before we get to the point of setting goals, because we might not know what type of goals we want to set, we might not know what we want to be targeting, we have to first do the back work of reflection and do a chronological study of our experiences and see what types of experiences have shaped the person that we are today, understand who the core of our identity is before we decide to say, where do I want to go from here? And when you're doing that, I mean, how do you sense check a goal? How do you make sure it's for you and it's not, you know, something you've inherited? Well, I I like to say very often that every individual is a single person, it's it's one. And so it doesn't matter what background we're raised in or what family raised us, you could take things from your family, from your parents and your childhood, but at the end of the day, you are a unique being. And so that's where that whole I, that whole exercise of finding your personal identity, that's where it becomes very crucial because understanding who you are would help you very clearly see that although I am from this background, this is who I really am. And so what you want to be testing your goals against is not your background, but who you are. And so spending a lot more time on finding the core of your values, of your character, of your personality and your identity, I think that's the biggest work that we all need to do because that would then determine 
everything else. So now we can measure our goals based on the knowledge of who we are and not the knowledge of what we've known all our lives, because what we've known all our lives might really be harmful and not helpful. So, but when we understand who we really are and what our identity is and who, um, uh, uh, what our character, our goal, our, our, our um, core values are, we can then begin to measure everything else by that core of our being and not by our background. What are you capable of, Babs? What am I capable of? Mm. I think I'm capable of changing the world. Here is how, by changing one individual at a time, strong passion to help everybody that encounters me become one person, 1% better version of themselves each day. If everybody does that and transfer the same knowledge with the same passion to the next person around them, I believe we would raise a whole world of people who are committed to becoming better versions of themselves. Where, where, where did this come from for you? Where, where was the, the, sort of the inspiration of the insights? You know, I know you mentioned there, obviously, with your mother, but I mean, were there people around you that, that had sort of taken the stand? Was it something you read or saw or what? I mean, what inspiration did you have? Frankly, not really. I didn't see this anywhere. I did not see any inspiration. What I just knew was, I just knew there had to be better, something better than what I experienced. I knew they had, to, I knew this life couldn't just be all that I experienced as a child. I knew there had to be something on the other side of the, of life. And I wanted to explore it. I wanted to see what else it was out there. And that's, that's where the whole journey started for me. Uh, and I knew that if I'm able, I'm getting on this journey, it's going to be a lonely journey, but I want to explore the other side of life and see what else is on the other side. If I find something, then I'll bring that back to my community and tell them, listen, there is a path and we do not all have to live the same way we were born. So there is a path that you could follow. Maybe I would be the pathfinder. And then help someone else understand that, yeah, there's a world out there that you could explore and there's so much more that life could offer you. You just got to step out and experience and explore. For people that don't step out and explore, I mean, you know, if someone's listening to this today and, you know, we talked about the, the sort of setting the goals, but I mean, what, what can you say to them, you know, now that will help them to sort of decide to step out and step up. You know, what is it that's, you know, really sort of makes the difference, do you think? Well, many people leave from birth to death without exactly finding meaning. And at the end of the day, the only thing that we would be remembered for in our lives would be the stories that we leave behind. And I often ask friends, family members, and clients, what would you like to be remembered for? Do you want to leave the surface of this planet and not remembered for something bigger than you? What is the one thing that if you had to leave today, you would say you left with the world? And when we begin to think about questions like that, people get into a space where they're like, oh, this is true. This is, this is real. Do I want to just pass through the planet like nothing existed? Or do I want to write my name on the sand of time? What is the one thing that I want to be remembered for? When, pe when I begin to ask these questions, people pause for a second and say, wait, that's true. I never thought about something else that was beyond me. What else could I leave the planet Earth with? How could I be of any significant value to this planet when I'm gone? So the dedication page of my book I wrote said, this book is dedicated to my unborn child, whatever you do, read this book sooner than later in life. 
essence, in essence, what I'm doing is I am creating a manuscript for the generation yet, yet unborn. And I know that it would even long after I have departed planet Earth, this will still be of significant value. So when I think about that why, and that's where that's where I'm, I'm coming to with this point, is the fact that there's got to be a why that drives us. And when I think about that why, there are days where I don't want to jump, I don't want to make a move, I don't want to get out of bed. But when I think about the thousands of young men and women who are looking up to me, who, who might want to walk my path in 10 years, 20, 50 years from now, that gets me out of bed. So for those people who are not sure if they want to jump, if they want to make a you know, conscious effort, I just remind them of their why, if they have any whatsoever. And that why is the most powerful motivation anyone can have. Yeah, it's that realizing there's something more, there's something bigger than you or I, that's, you know, that's something. I mean, for, for instance, I mean, would you, would you be religious, spiritual in any ways? I mean, what, what is out there for you? I, I'm very, uh, I believe very strongly in faith. I'm a person of faith because I feel that my faith strengthens me and it carries me um, in times when I'm weak, physically, mentally, or emotionally. So I believe in the power of connecting with myself and connecting with God, uh, the creator. So yeah, my faith plays a very important role in my life and in my journey. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Always, you know, how the people, especially on this journey and this exposure or this, um, you know, this sort of realizing there's more out there than just us, you know, and, and how important that is. Because, well, there's two things, I suppose. It's like, you know, you're leaving... Um, you know, you're leaving a legacy for your unborn children. And then in return, I suppose many people have left a legacy for us too, right? In the form of books and, you know, so many other things, right? So it's, it's, it's a two-way street, I suppose, when you look at it that way. Yeah. Every generation is expected to be an improvement over the former. So one generation should strive to be an improvement over the past generation. And this is our responsibility. It's our moral responsibility to ensure that we leave the world better than we met it. What's, what's your superpower, do you think? I mean, do you, do you have a, a thing that really stands you out from everyone else? Well, I think it's just a combination of my experiences, my life experience and my background and the uniqueness of my skills. It's just the, the fact that if you pick the strategist, uh, the strategist is probably not, not uh, maybe he's not uh, from my background, from my origin. And if you picked another strategist, maybe he doesn't, is not a, is not, a, is not an academia. Or maybe if you pick, so there's so many different attributes that makes me uniquely who I am and better positions me to serve the community that I serve. Uh, and there's so many other strategists and public speakers and, you know, life coaches out there, but what's unique about me is my story, is my origin, my background, my experience, my journey, all of these together come, come together to form that unique being that I am. And I have to say that it informs my approach as well. I, most of my approach uh, approaches, if you will, are built on those unique traits and the uniqueness of my, of my person. Well, that's, that's the, that's the beautiful thing, right? Cause no matter what we are all completely unique, you know, there mightn't be much new information in the world or new ideas as such, but the way that you or I look at it is that's our truth. That's, that's what we believe. And that's, you know, that's uh, as a result of our experiences, which is totally unique. Yeah. Authenticity is the key in this, in this instance. And we've got to stay true to who we are uh, as individuals, because there is no stronger or bigger superpower than our uniqueness. And I, I feel strongly that my uniqueness remains my biggest superpower mm. what's what's 
life look like? I mean, maybe it's not there yet, but I mean, life after, you know, you know, cracking the, the, the life code. I mean, what, what's in the future for you? Well, I'm looking to write a whole lot more books. I have a lot lined up. I have, um, I, and I've written some to almost com- com- completion. Uh, I'm looking to continue to build this community of cracking the life code uh, and ensure that we come to a point where we are able to take our conferences internationally and create more impact around the globe and not to stay within the United States. I'm hoping to create an entire facility that helps every individual who's looking to find their path or find their edge in life. And they can access some of these facilities built around different parts of the world. These are some of the things that I'm looking, I'm looking forward to building. Uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Is that a, is that a place of happiness for you that that's sort of creating the writing? I mean, it seems to be a discipline or a, you know, a habit that comes easily for you. Well, I, I, frankly not i'm not the type of person who you might consider an extrovert i'm pretty introverted and the way that i get my message out very often is by writing i i like to write a lot and i inspire people through through my writing i'm very committed to those those types of things so <laughs> i might not be very chatty and very you know out and about but i i like to put all my words and my messages to down so people can read them and absorb them. And now thank, thankfully we have podcasts where I can also share some of my thoughts. Absolutely. I mean, where, where is a place of creation for you? Do you, you out in nature or, you know, in the shower, where, where do you tend to find your, your divine inspiration comes? I'm a very morning, I'm a very big uh, morning person. So I'm usually, my best and most creative ideas have come in the very early hours of the morning. So I wake up every day at five o'clock. Sometimes I might wake up earlier than five o'clock, but that's really the the time that that I get the most of my creative juices. And when I, when I wanna write, I like to write in those times of the night when most people are asleep. I get most of my creation in the dark of the night. Why is that? Do you think is it is it the is the silence or what? What? Why? There's something beautiful about the nighttime um, and the early morning. Early morning represents the freshness of the day. Uh, the troubles of the last day is gone. It's a new day. It's fresh in my mind. I think of it as another opportunity to, you know, do something, to start something. It's another chance at life. So all of those in my mind work together to just keep me in that space and in that zone where I'm like, okay, it's a fresh day. It's a fresh start. It's a beautiful new slate. So let's get today started on a very beautiful note. And I get my inspiration flowing from there on. Um, what what does leisure and pleasure look like for you, Bob's? Well, it includes working out a few hours a day uh, at the gym. It includes travel. I love experiencing new cultures and love meeting new people, learning about you know other people and foods. I do genuinely like learning about culture. So traveling is very important to me. Being physically active is very, very important to me. Of course, I love to read. I love to read for for leisure. So I'm always, always reading. But two big things, I'm working out and doing more health-related stuff and traveling a lot. Education for me, if it's not in the classroom, then it's probably in some part of the world where I have traveled to. And learning style for you, I mean, you talked a lot about reading. Is that your is that your sort of method of learning of choice? Yes, I acquire a lot from reading. I have to give this credit to my mother, though. My mother was a librarian, and so she introduced us to books pretty early in life. And as a matter of fact, she did not allow toys in the house for kids. Even though we were kids, her only toys were creative books. So you got birthday gifts. It was a book, you know? So we had to read a lot of books growing up as as kids. And for whatever reason, I just, I just fell in love with it. 
I have never purchased a television in my life. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I focus a lot more on, you know, reading and I, and I enjoy it. I consume more information that way. That's an amazing thing, you know, especially on well, nowadays, really, you know, well, one, I suppose that the strength of your mother to realize that the power is in the books, you know, I assume that's what she was trying to get across. And, you know, for you to, to then sort of continue that forward and also then not to, 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 you know, to, as you say, purchase a TV. Yep. Yeah. I'm grateful to my mom for, for that. It's reading. I cannot underestimate the power and the impact of reading in my life. It's, it's how I consume say 90% of the way I consume information. How, how close are you to being your best self? I am 1% closer today. Good answer. I like it. I like it. I'll not ask the full scale as to how far. Well, I mean, are, are you where you're supposed to be? Is, where are you today? I'm not where I used to be yesterday. I might not be where I want to be but I'm not where I used to be. I am on the path. That's what's most important. I'm getting closer every day. I have a goal that I'm working towards and I'm on the path to achieving that goal. And I'm grateful for where I am and I'm grateful for the journey this far. But am I on the path? I'm absolutely on the path. It's a great way to look at it. As you say, I mean, it's for so many people, they're they're trying to be somewhere that they're not, you know, and that that in itself is is debilitating, right? They're trying to, they're wishing, hoping, thinking, you know, bargaining all the time, right? As opposed to saying, "I am here." That's it. Yeah, you need to just be on the path. We could did I tell you the idea that you know success could be a destination is crippling, and we need to encourage as many people as possible to see success very differently. And someone asked me, who is your, who do you look up to? Who is your mentor? Who's someone that's successful that you consider, you know, very, that you hold highly. And I told him, if I, if I tell you this person, you wouldn't know him because Mm -hmm. you might think that I would mention Jeff Bezos or I might mention Bill Gates. No, in, in my definition of success, it's not in the quantity or the amount of wealth, honestly, it's really in the ability to find meaning, find purpose and fulfillment. If you're able to achieve all three, I believe that you're a successful person. So there's so many successful people walking the streets of New York, where I live, that are not known, not celebrated, not recognized, but they are successful people. So that's how I perceive them. And I understand success because if I think of success in the light of the society, it can be very depressing. And that's why many people suffer with depression, you know, anxiety and sadness and all these types of emotions because they really think of success as something that's far reaching rather than something that's more personal. Yeah, it's that, it's that bringing that sort of definition of success home to you, isn't it? It's, it's that being present with yourself and being present with what's possible. Yeah, it's it's personal. It's ultimately success is what you define it to be. And it's honestly not a destination. It's a journey. It continues to evolve. And all you want to do is to ensure that you're on that path that leads you to the destination. As long as you're on the path, I think where we should celebrate ourselves. Well, two questions for you, really. I mean, what, what, who is cracking the life code for? And the second question is, how can you make the most out of it? I wrote cracking the life code in my mind because from my marketing background, I realized you need to have a bull's eye when writing any piece of communication. So the bull's eye for this book is a 22 year old freshly out of college, seeking to say, hey, what else is out there for me? I've just got out of college. How do I navigate 
this big wall because the last four years or five years or however long it took to be in college, you were protected by the four walls of the college. But now you have been exposed to the world at large and you're asking yourself, how do you navigate life? How do you understand what next steps to take? What behaviors do you need to succeed in career or in as an entrepreneur? Or how do you care for yourself and ensure that you live a, a, a very healthy lifestyle? Or you're asking, how do you stay in touch with yourself and um, in, in terms of spirituality. Now that's the bull's eye for the book. It's a practical manual and a guide that helps you understand, reflect on your, your past, and then understand how to move forward in six areas of life. But then by extension, this book is also for as many people who are just looking for one thing, one more information, that one more guide that could be, you know, that could help them understand or navigate different areas of life. I covered six areas of life using the wheel of life. Um, and I think anyone who's looking to just master one behavior, if it's money, for instance, I talked about how to make money, how to manage money, and how to multiply money, the three M's of money. So different, it covers, it covers a lot. And the workbook part of it, which is at the end of the book, is the most uh, um I think it's very comprehensive. It would help the reader commit to action, reflect and commit to action. The action is what it's all about, really, isn't it? You know, it's it's I like that. I mean, you know, sort of making it, managing it and and you know, um multiplying it. I mean, that's that's crucial for us. But I suppose it's not just money, right? It's it's all the different parts of what we deem as wealthy or successful, right? You know, it's you know, healthy health wealth or financial wealth or spiritual wealth or whatever, right? So it's yeah. certain things. Yeah. Or, I, I did talk about relationships as well for people who are my who might be looking to foster stronger relationships. Yeah. No, it's very, very clever. What um tell me this, where can people find out more about you, Babs? Where can they find the book? Where can they, they learn more and get in touch if necessary? Thank you. Uh, the book can be found on Amazon, amazon.com. Um, it can also be found on our website, www.crackingalivecode.com. Um, and I'm always on social media as Babs Fascism on social media or Cracking a Life Code on social media. Wonderful. All the, all this is the best places. Is there a, a final message you'd like to leave our listeners today? Yes, please. And that simple single message is that you prioritize self-care in this whole journey. It's very important. Every sound mind deserves a great body. Pay attention to your body, spirit, and soul. Give yourself some break. Give yourself some self-care. Give yourself some self-love. You need it every now and again in order to continue in this journey of becoming 1% better. Powerful message. Love it. Bob, it's been absolutely fascinating to have you on. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. I wish you all the best with Cracking the Life Code and, and uh, whatever may come as well. So uh, until the next time, thank you. Thank you so much, Pete. Thank you for having me and thank you for the great work you're doing with Fire in the Belly. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. You know, this really wouldn't be possible without our great guests taking the time to share their personal journeys. And boy, boy, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly and be the mightiest version of you. 